Episode 59, People-Pleasing, Part 1, The Niceness Disease. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally, and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships, and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited about today's topic. It's one that I've thought a lot about, and I see in many of my clients and definitely see in myself. I've always thought of myself as a nice person. And I once thought that was a really good thing, but I've changed my mind. Being a nice person sometimes means I'm not very nice to myself. It wreaks havoc on my emotional life, and it can actually negatively impact a lot of the people around me. Dr. David Burns, a Stanford professor and psychologist, estimates that 75% of people who struggle with anxiety, have what he calls the niceness disease. On this podcast, I've created a pseudo clinical profile for quote unquote, the niceness disease to help you diagnose and treat yourself. First, we'll discuss what the niceness disease is in more detail. We'll also discuss the difference between being nice and being kind We'll discuss the quote-unquote symptoms of a people-pleaser, and we'll explain how to recognize them in yourself or in others. Then next week, in part two of the podcast, we will discuss the treatment options to help you cure yourself of this pervasive disease. As a former and sometimes continuing sufferer of this disease, I can say that it is possible to be less of a people-pleaser. And when you are, life is so much happier and your relationships are so much deeper. Before we get started, I want to let you know about a free resource that I offer to moms. I know as a mom that you are busy. You have a lot on your plate and you don't have tons of extra time. But I also know that you care about your family, you care about your emotional health and your kids' emotional health. So I designed a resource for moms that gives them tools in one minute a week. It's a free email that I offer that sums up a simple tool or perspective that you can try with your family this week. I had one mom tell me that one of the most powerful women at wisdom she had read was the one where I explained briefly my depression journey. She explained that she read it over and over and over, and it gave her the confidence to get on meds and go get help from a therapist. You know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about the power of the mind, and we talk a lot about the ability to change our thinking, but there are situations where you really need medication or you really need therapy. I'm a big proponent of both of these things when they're needed. Coaching is something that can be done concurrently with therapy, or it can be done after therapy. Once you've gotten to a stable, more functioning place, coaching can be an amazing resource to help you redefine the way that you want to live and repattern some of the things that are causing 
some of the issues. If you're interested in receiving this free resource, you can sign up on my website, theexpetmom.com, or through the link in the show notes. Okay, let's jump into our topic. So what is the niceness disease? The niceness disease is a made-up umbrella term for some of the negative consequences of being nice at the expense of your own feelings, beliefs, and needs. Sometimes it's more commonly called people-pleasing. Nice people usually care what other people think. They're people who don't like to ruffle feathers. They're people who like to please others. They're people who hate putting others out. They're often offering to help other people. They seem easygoing and don't have a ton of opinions. They're usually yes people who will drop things to help out. And these can be wonderful qualities. Being nice in this way is usually pleasant for others. However, in order to keep this peace with others and maintain our own perceived likability, people with the niceness disease are often nice at their own expense. They discount, or at least they don't express, their real feelings, even to themselves. And they think that they have to please others, or they won't be liked by others. A more subtle thing our brain sometimes tells us, when we're people-pleasing, is that if we don't do what the other person wants, the other person will be upset or disappointed, and it's just not worth dealing with that. It's important to point out that most of us have this need to be liked, hardwired into our brains. So when we notice these kinds of thoughts and behaviors, there is nothing wrong with us. It simply means we have a healthy brain. In addition, being kind and being willing to sacrifice for other people can be really useful. It's important to our survival to connect with others. We need connection. And this drive to be liked and to help out can help us be more kind. However, when taken to any extreme, a good thing can become a bad thing. I like to think about people-pleasing on a continuum. On the one side, you do whatever you want, and you don't consider other people. On the opposite side, you do whatever others want, and you don't consider yourself. Or at least you don't consider yourself to the same extent as you consider others. You usually do what it takes to keep someone else happy. Now, obviously, the extreme where you don't consider other people's feelings is not kind. It's selfish. And it's not good for you, and it's not good for anyone else. But what might not be as evident is that doing whatever others want, even at your own expense, is also selfish. And it isn't good for you or others. Now, if your brain is resisting this idea, stay with me. I'm going to flesh this out and explain what I mean. First, let's start by differentiating between kindness and niceness, aka people-pleasing. Niceness looks a lot like kindness. It's being agreeable. It's saying yes. It's not saying anything if we think it might bother others. We may think these things are kindness, and they could be. The difference between kindness and niceness is our motive. In people-pleasing, we do nice things so that we don't bother others, so that we don't disappoint them, so that they don't get mad, so that they don't think less of us, so they don't talk about us to others. People-pleasing comes with an expectation attached. The expectation is that others will think better of you, or that they will be thankful, or that they won't take advantage of your kindness, or that they will not get angry or disappointed. 
While we don't usually think of it in this way, people-pleasing is very selfish. It's doing something because you want something in return. Think of it a time when you wanted something different than someone else, maybe your spouse, maybe a child, maybe a friend, but you don't really say anything because you just want to avoid conflict. You figure it's not worth the hassle. Then later, that same person complains about the thing that you all did together, the decision that you all made. You might feel some annoyance that you agreed and still had to listen to them complain. Isn't that interesting? You likely didn't even realize that you had an expectation attached to your behavior. And yet you did. Your expectation was that you wouldn't have to deal with conflict or complaining or disappointment. And yet when you do have to do that, you're disappointed. Here's another example. Have you ever watched a friend's kids or done something nice for somebody or dropped off cookies for somebody and they didn't really like it or didn't really say thanks or didn't even seem to care? And maybe you felt a little bit annoyed or irritated or resentful about it. That's because without realizing it, you had attached a certain expectation to your action. You expected the person to be thankful or happy or kind. When they aren't, we feel disappointed. We feel like they let down their end of the bargain, even though they may not have even known that was the bargain. Especially when we do something nice that we don't have, feel like we have time or energy or money to, and we do it thinking we're being nice, but actually we require this transaction. We hope for acceptance from the person, likability, admiration, loyalty, friendship, gratitude, a particular image for ourselves, or we expect the other person to do something in return. Often we don't even realize that we want this result, but the truth is we are being transactional. We're doing something with the hope of receiving something in return. That's what people pleasing is. Kindness is doing something because you want to love or help someone else and you are willing to accept however they react. We do kindness out of choice, not out of obligation or desperation to keep the peace or not deal with drama. We do it because we care about the other person. We do it because it's the kind of person we want to be, regardless of how the other person responds. We may tell ourselves that in some situations we're being kind or loving or unselfish or self-sacrificing or easygoing when in fact we are people-pleasing. Kindness and niceness are different. Some of you might be thinking, so what? What's the harm in people-pleasing? Let me explain why people-pleasing is harmful to you and to others. When you people-please, Not only are you being selfish, but you're also representing yourself as something you're not. You're saying, oh, I want to hang out with you when you really don't. You're saying, I enjoy you when you really don't. You're saying, I have time when you really don't. You're saying, I'm a person who cares about you and I don't expect anything in return when in fact you do expect something in return. In other words, you're making yourself look like someone you want to be, not necessarily who you really are. People-pleasing is not only selfish, it's lying. 
It's misleading yourself and others about who you really are. This has damaging effects for many reasons. It damages both you and the other person. So let's start with how it might harm you. Number one, you are so busy putting out the version of yourself that you think will please people. You don't even know who you actually are. You begin to lose yourself because you are being who everyone else wants. Number two, you exhaust yourself. Trying to be who others want you to be is exhausting. It's trying to be two or 12 or 20 different versions of you. And that is unsustainable. We can't be 20 different versions of ourselves to all people. It becomes exhausting. And number three, you never really feel a deep, full connection to others. You do get this wonderful temporary satisfaction of feeling like you have someone else's approval, but we never get that deep, validating fulfillment that we're loved just as we are. People can't give that to us because we aren't showing them who we actually are. People are loving the version of you that you put out there. They aren't loving the version that's actually you. And that creates this interesting spiral where we feel like we have to be on this hamster wheel, constantly being that person that was approved of. We have to keep doing the things that allow other people to love us. Ultimately, we may end up feeling resentful, disappointed, disconnected, and even lonely. People are astute readers of intention. People-pleasing can make you appear needy, like you expect something from someone else in return. This is not very fun on the receiving side of things for the other person, and it often doesn't lead to a deep and meaningful connection. So speaking of the other person, let's discuss why people-pleasing isn't beneficial in the long run for the other person either. It may seem like they're getting the good end of the deal when you do whatever they want, but are they? Here are a few reasons why it may not be beneficial to people-please for the other person. Number one, they don't get to experience the real you. You may feel distant or unrelatable because you are putting forth an image of yourself that isn't totally accurate. This may cause the other person to feel inadequate about themselves, or it may cause them to feel confused that they don't know who you really are. This kind of experience where someone feels inadequate or confused does not lead to a deep, meaningful connection. Number two, getting service with an attached expectation can feel a little bit like manipulation. People-pleasing is closely linked with resentment. When we do something for the purpose of being liked or approved of, and that approval or gratitude isn't met, we can feel disappointed and even resentful. Others may feel irritated, used, or frustrated that they accepted the help or the service or the gifts with the understanding that they were being offered freely and then later that they had an attached expectation. Now, this can happen really subtly. A lot of times we may not even realize that we're people-pleasing. We think that we're doing it out of kindness, but we feel annoyed later when someone isn't responding with the kind of reaction that we hadn't even realized we expected from them. This might cause us to be more silent. It might cause us to be critical. It might cause us to just feel resentment towards the other person. Regardless, it's not creating those feelings of connection, which ironically is the whole reason we wanted to people please. 
Well, another way that this can manifest itself is the expectation that when we try to people please and be accommodating of other people, that they will people please us back. We did what they wanted. Now they should at least do or at the very least know what we want. When they don't, a people pleaser may feel resentful. Resentment is a terrible feeling. It is not fun to feel like someone resents you especially when you're confused about why they may be resenting you. Resentment depletes a relationship and causes confusion or even resentment back. Number three, people-pleasing can allow others to take advantage of you, either knowingly or unknowingly. While it may be convenient for others that you do what they want or agree with them, it also doesn't feel good to constantly run over people or feel like you're taking advantage of them. It doesn't feel satisfying. It feels bad. When we people please, we often put people in this position unknowingly. People pleasing erodes trust because it's not the truth. It is lying. It destroys your sense of self and it can destroy our relationships. Good relationships are built on trust. We need to be able to trust ourselves to be honest with ourselves. And we want others to be able to trust us too. While subtle, people-pleasing is a form of lying. So if people-pleasing has all these negative consequences, why do we do it? We do it because people-pleasing feels incredible in the short term. It stimulates neurotransmitters in our brain because we did what someone else wanted. They're happy with us. They approve of us. We feel a sense of connectedness and belonging. We may get a hit of adrenaline or dopamine when we people please. Those neurotransmitters are incredibly driving. But in the long term, we end up feeling exhausted, irritated, overwhelmed, and resentful. In contrast, kindness feels lovely in the long term, regardless of how the other person acted. We can feel proud of who we are and what we did. Kindness contributes to a sense of self rather than depletes it. In the short term, sometimes kindness feels amazing. If we do it with a motive to help someone else or to be who we want to be, we leave with a good feeling regardless of whether the other person likes it or appreciates it or recognizes it. However, there are also times When being kind is not comfortable in the short term, it might feel awkward. It might even look from the outside to be a little bit unkind. One of my clients was feeling a lot of resentment because her husband wouldn't clean up his dishes when he was working from home and eating in his office. She had asked him to do it, but the bottom line was he often forgot. So she went and cleaned his dishes up for him trying to be nice and because she didn't think it was worth the conflict. She got an instantaneous reward of avoiding conflict. It's like a little hit of dopamine. But inside, she was silently resentful. Every time she picked up his dishes, she felt a bit more irritated and resentful. Finally, one day she got so mad, she stacked all his dirty dishes for the day on his pillow to show him what she did for him. I love this example because most of us can relate to silently suffering through something we hate just to keep the peace. Our behavior seems so nice on the outside, but on the inside, 
It's not very nice at all. It's really mean. It's full of all this vitriol and anger and resentment towards someone else. The husband had no idea it was irritating her as much as it was. Not even realizing it, she was misleading her husband into thinking that she was actually okay picking up the dishes. He was confused when he found this huge pile of dishes on his pillow. She sometimes felt so angry she didn't even want to talk to him. Her behavior represented a different reality than what she was feeling about the task. Her short-term pleasure and niceness turned to irritation and anger at her spouse in the long run. During coaching, we talked about what it was that she really wanted. She wanted connection with her husband. And she wanted the dishes picked up. We talked about what she could control and what she couldn't. And we talked about the difference between kindness and people-pleasing. We talked about that she had a couple of options that were within her control. She could choose to pick up the dishes because she wanted them picked up, or she could choose to leave the dishes and let her husband pick them up. But she had to also know that he might choose not to pick them up. Either way, she could be kind about it. She could have kind feelings towards her husband on the inside and be kind to him on the outside with her words and her actions. She decided to leave the dishes and not pick them up. She told her husband that she would love for him to pick up his dishes and it would mean a lot to her. But if he didn't want to, that was fine. She also wasn't really wanting to pick them up. So the dishes would just sit there. It felt a bit awkward. It probably seemed a bit, maybe even unkind to her husband, even though she said it in a kind way. She found that over the next few days, he didn't pick up his dishes every single day, but every couple days he'd pick them up and bring them into the sink and wash them. The dishes bugged her a little bit, but because she didn't feel obligated to pick them up, she wasn't angry at her husband. She didn't make the fact that he didn't pick them up mean anything negative about himself or about her. She began to think about her husband and his dishes differently. He must have a lot going on in his mind to not even be able to bring in his dishes. I wonder what's on his mind, she thought. And inside, she enjoyed feelings of kindness toward him instead of resentment. Sometimes she did decide to pick up the dishes because she wanted it clean, not because she felt obligated to or irritated at her husband. And when she did, she didn't feel resentment. She felt empowerment and kindness. Do you see the subtle shift here? If you were the husband, which one would you rather have? Which one is kinder? A wife who picks up your dishes and resents you and feels irritated at you? Or a wife who loves you and appreciates you and lets you pick up your dishes whenever you want? Sometimes what seems like kindness on the outside isn't really kindness. Kindness looks like kindness from the outside and from the inside. So we've discussed what the niceness disease is and why it might be a problem. Maybe you've resonated with some of the concerns or the examples mentioned, or maybe there's someone in your life that you recognize is people-pleasing. Next time on our people-pleasing series, we're going to discuss how to quote-unquote diagnose the niceness disease. We'll also talk about some of the complications that come up when we people-please. In the third part of the series, we'll talk about how to stop people-pleasing. So let's summarize what we've learned today. Frequent people-pleasing or doing what others want you to do, even when you don't agree or want to or feel you can, is called 
the niceness disease. While the niceness disease looks kind on the outside, it's unfair and unhelpful to you and others. People-pleasing is selfish, and people-pleasing is lying or misleading people. We often trick ourselves into thinking that we're being kind or nice when actually we're hurting ourselves and others. Now, I want to be really clear. Most of us don't even realize that we're doing this. We honestly think we're being kind and we're taking one for the team or we're trying to help somebody. But on the inside, we actually do tie it to something we expect. So if you notice these types of experiences in your life, nothing to feel ashamed of, just something to be aware of and something you can recognize and point out in your life so that you can improve your patterns with yourself and others. Let's go to our expat exit strategy. This is the part of the podcast where we apply what we've been learning on the podcast. Think back this week to something you did for someone else. Maybe you picked up your child at school. Maybe you made a special dinner for one of your children. Maybe you helped your spouse by running an errand for them or any of a million things that you might've done that were kind. Now think about how did that person respond? Especially if that person didn't react the way you're hoping for. Maybe they didn't say thank you. Maybe they didn't recognize that you had taken time out of your day. Maybe they didn't realize what it cost you. What did you feel when they had that response? Did you feel love for them or did you feel irritation and resentment? It might be interesting for you to examine your true motives for doing it. Did you do it because you thought that's what a good mom does? Did you do it because you thought you had to? Did you do it because you didn't want your child or your spouse to get upset? Did you do it because you wanted them to think of you as a kind person? It's interesting to stop and think what was the expectation you may have attached to that. This week, consider taking time to notice when you do kind things, what are the feelings surrounding that experience, both right away and later on, a few days later or later in the week. How do you respond when you do something kind and someone doesn't give the reaction that we like? The first step of changing people-pleasing is simply to notice and become aware of the emotions and experiences surrounding people-pleasing. People-pleasing is something that affects all of us. There are so many powerful tools that can help you set a different precedent in your life. Jump on and schedule a free 30-minute mini coaching session, and we can chat about how people-pleasing might be showing up in your life and how you can navigate life in a much healthier way. I'll talk to you next time. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.com.